Hello and welcome to the Select Sector Spider Sector Digest podcast for the week of October 2nd, 2023. I'm your host, Paul Bayaki, ready to dig into all things sectors for the week ahead and look back at the week that was. And it's quite hard to believe we are into October. The quarter is in the books. We've got three months left of 2023 for the market to determine what it wants to do. And based on the most recent action in which it seems like the market's been in a corrective phase, the activity, the push-pull, as we often talk about between folks buying into year-end, folks repositioning ahead of 2024 folks tax loss harvesting positions that are down is going to be fascinating to watch all of course against a backdrop of very complicated economic dynamics now as we tape this over the weekend it does seem as if a government shutdown has been averted at least for the time being we'll see if it passes through the senate but the ultimate tone of the week has changed and it seems as if the economic data not the geopolitical data is going to continue to be the focus of this market s&p 500 finished the week down 74 basis points or 0.74 percent for the week which brings the year-to-date gain to 11.68 percent but it was really the makeup of the week and surprisingly the sector that performed the worst was utilities, 6.89%. Now, there was one stock in that sector down high double-digit percentages. And if nothing else, this underscores why you use a diversified sector portfolio as opposed to taking the idiosyncratic risk of investing in single stocks. Now, you could say, look, utilities down nearly 7% for the week. What good is that? The reality is, is that nobody's advocating to be aggressively buying utilities or only invested in utilities. The point here is that if you were in a very risky single stock position, concentrated single stock position, and it happened to be that name in utilities that was down that much, you significantly underperformed a diversified utilities portfolio. And that's likely to be the case when talking about diversified portfolios versus single stocks. Now, to get back to the week in question, The leadership was what the leadership has been more recently and for the quarter, energy up 1.21% for the week, one of only a couple sectors that finished the week higher. In fact, consumer discretionary up just three basis points, materials up 23 basis points. Beyond that, it was mostly red. And the sectors that have led the market so far this year didn't have a terrible week. Technology down 29 basis points, XLC basically flat down eight basis points and consumer discretionary, as I mentioned, slightly positive for the week. But the point is, is that some of the internals in the market are showing signs that some of the rally that we've seen so so far in 2023 have been exhausted. And that's not necessarily a bad thing for the market. You tend to have corrections within bull market phases, assuming that this is in fact a bull market phase. But Getting back to that economic data, you had a really big miss on consumer confidence. You had a really poor print on pending home sales down 7%. That is, I think, reflective of what most people have been anticipating. The move higher in rates and overall the impact of inflation would be on the housing market and on the consumer showing up big time 
in this week's economic data. Now, the flip side is, is that core PCE actually came in slower than expected. And that was the lowest month over month increase that we saw in core PCE dating back all the way to 2020. So Mr. Powell, in his most recent press conference, talked about how he wants to see inflation data normalizing, decreasing for more than, say, three months or one quarter. He wants to see that there is a durable correction in inflation. And the core PCE seems to be signaling, and of course, that is what the Fed favors in terms of inflation indicators, not as if they ignore CPI and PPI. But the flip side of all that is that Headline was up 0.4%, which is a pretty big increase month over month, and it was largely driven by energy. And so as we've talked about in recent podcasts, the question is, and I think it's on the top of a lot of investors' minds, is, is that price of energy that we've seen increase 30-plus percent over the course of the past quarter or so going to find its way into core inflation metrics? Or is this just going to be a headline phenomenon and a short-term phenomenon at that? That won't necessarily lead to a reacceleration in inflation. That remains to be seen. But as I said, consumer confidence had a big miss. Consumer sentiment was actually better than expected. So the state of the consumer, certainly something that the market is trying to grapple with. Now, this week saw pretty robust volume, 783 million shares traded across the select sector lineup, which is on the high end of what we see on a weekly basis, typically for a robust week, you got 500 million, 600 million. This was nearly 800 million shares traded across the select sector spider lineup. Now, it was the end of the quarter. These are products that a lot of institutional investors use. So in theory, there could have been repositioning ahead of 13F prints, ahead of quarterly filings and the like. But the reality is, is that this was a very active week. Now, from a flows perspective, it wasn't terribly active. Twelve and a half million shares redeemed net across the 11 select sector spiders. But it wasn't your typical week, certainly not what we've seen recently. In fact, we saw 6 million shares created in XLE or energy and 3 million shares created in XLF. Typically, when we say, hey, 12 and a half million shares redeemed across the select sector spider lineup, a large portion of that, if not all of it, comes from XLF. In fact, we saw net creations in XLF. So what happened? Well, five sectors had 2 million shares redeemed. 7 million out of XLU alone, 4 million out of XLC. And we actually had eight of the 11 gig sectors of the select sector spiders see redemptions or net redemptions this week. So a different makeup from a volume perspective, from a net flows perspective than we've seen recently, not as dominated by XLF as we've seen in recent months and in recent weeks, but certainly interesting as we think about how people are positioning into year end in anticipation of those economic dynamics we talked about. And of course, the outlook for 2024. Now, instead of doing a sector in focus this week, I figured we just take a look at the quarter and see which sectors performed well and which sectors lag. So the S&P 500 comes in at about negative two and a half percent for the quarter. And the sectors that had led the market higher for the bulk of the year actually did okay. 4.21% loss in technology. You've got a 4% loss in consumer discretionary. And then communication services was actually up 1.77%. So if you're thinking about this market being down two and a half percent, the first quarterly loss of 2023, and you say to yourself, well, it must have been led by weakness in those three sectors. You actually got a pretty good print 
for the quarter in communication services, you didn't have a massive decline in consumer discretionary and technology, although they did underperform the market. You know, some of the other sectors that maybe people were trying to take a cyclical bent with industrials down nearly 5%, materials down more than 4%, real estate down 9.15% for the quarter, and then utilities of all sectors down 9% for the quarter. So there was breath to the weakness in the quarter, and the lone bright spot was energy, up 12% last quarter. Certainly a leadership sector in the market, certainly a sector that you hear a lot about in times like these where you've got the price of energy increasing. WTI has rallied 30 plus percent over the course of the past quarter. We've seen natural gas prices start to show some signs or indications that they're breaking out above that two and a half dollar level. And so if in fact this is the early innings of a meaningful rally in energy prices and in energy stocks, it's a sector we've covered a lot on this podcast. It's a sector that checks a lot of boxes in terms of valuations, in terms of fundamentals. It's a sector that's unloved and perhaps even hated by certain types of investors, whether they be those using an ESG framework, those averse to some of these fossil fuel companies, but just looking at it on a relative valuation basis and some of the fundamental improvements these companies have made. It's quite interesting to see energy snap back to the extent that it has. And when you look at year to date, all of a sudden energy, which was one of the worst performing sectors for much of the year, is up three and a third percent year to date. It's not going to be up there with comm services, discretionary and technology. Those sectors are sort of off and running up 30 or so percent each. But after you get through those three sectors, somehow, some way, energy is the fourth best performing sector, better than industrials, better than materials. So quite a turn of events in the energy sector and certainly something that bears watching as we get into year end and those people who use sector spiders and who use sectors as a framework for investing start to reposition in anticipation of the last three months of the year and, of course, in anticipation of 2024. So with that, let's look ahead to next week. On the economic data front, we've got some pretty meaty economic data points. We've got PMIs, both manufacturing and services. We've got ISM manufacturing and services. So we'll get a textured view of the health of some of the internals of the economy. And then, of course, we get payrolls on Friday, which is one of the most important economic data points going into the final three months of the year as we get a feel for whether or not there is real softening in the labor market. And if there is, how that's going to impact both the inflationary backdrop and the knock-on effect of that on Fed policy. Because again, as Mr. Powell has said time and time again, they're grappling with fundamentally the idea of trying to stop this inflationary freight train and balancing their other economic mandates, specifically those around full employment. And to the extent that the employment market starts to show signs of stress, it will put the Fed, as we've talked about, in a fairly difficult position. On the earnings front, we really don't have much. Four companies from the S&P 500 reporting this week, Constellation Brands, perhaps the most noteworthy, but we are at the end of earnings season, and we will, of course, be rolling into a whole new earnings cycle in the coming weeks. So with that, I'd like to thank everyone once again for joining me. My name is Paul Bayaki, Chief ETF Strategist at SSNC Alps Advisors. I hope everyone has a wonderful week. And as always, please visit sectorspiders.com for all the information, resources, and research you need on all things sectors. Take care.